Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I just have COVID. <laughs> I just have COVID. I'm still testing positive. Apparently, uh, I have to have a clear test before I can come back. So, you know, I can't wait to get back and hang out. But in, until then, it's me and my mask. And I'm sort of confined <laughs> to my room. That's Whoopi Goldberg, a grown woman, appearing on The View via video in a room by herself wearing a mask. But no, no, no. There, There's no cult going on at all in any way. Why do you ask? She's in a room by herself. She's wearing a mask. I'm sorry. Do you want me to say this again? Here, here for the people in the cheap seats. I'm like Garrett Morris. She's in a room by herself wearing a mask. By the way, thank you for getting the Garrett Morris reference. That... That's how I know we're friends. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find the chat room over at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to hear from you. Put uh, Jason to work there. Put JD to work. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Um, this mask insanity is insane. That we're back to this. Up oh, there's a variant. I guess uh I guess we all have to uh now live in fear. But we don't. And we shouldn't. It's nonsense. Senator Rand Paul speaking uh in the well of the Senate. Demanding three vaccines. And what we know is that with each individual vaccine, their risk for a heart inflammation goes up. It's less if they have one. It's less if they have two. It's even more, though, if you get to a third. Well, that whole conversation, I believe myocarditis, heart heart inflammation. The thing, you know, that thing that they wouldn't let us talk about with uh, the vaccine on social media. I'm not saying it happens to everybody. I'm not even saying it happened to most. I'm saying that to not be allowed to talk about it is very, very weird. Senator Paul continues. If you're a young person who have had COVID recently, even the CDC admits this. If you have had COVID within three months and you take a vaccine, you have a profound risk of getting an overly exuberant immune response and having the myocarditis because you've had the vaccine in the middle of an immune response that you're making against the disease. And yet, do you recall anyone at uh, one of these pharmacies that are all handing out the, the, the vaccine and pushing it? Have you had any example of them saying, well, have you had COVID recently? Maybe you should wait three months. No, nobody's paying any attention to natural immunity. Nobody's paying any attention to the natural course of this disease. And nobody's really paying any attention to the danger the vaccine presents to young people. And if you had said any of this a year ago, you would have been told that you're trying to kill people and shame on you. But this is exactly the conversation that needs to be had. This is exactly what we need to be able to do. Speak very, very freely based on data 
and based on, well, a point of view you may not like. Because the risks of the vaccine outweigh the risks of the disease. This really encapsulates the debate here. Your health care is about you. You're not a statistic. The Democrats somehow feel you are a cog in, in their wheel, and you're just supposed to do what everybody does and do as you say. Do as they say. But we get your point, Senator Paul. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely what it is that's happening when it comes to COVID. And of course, because you've brought this up, you have made this completely and totally political, and you should not question whether or not people are going to use this politically, because they are. You have Governor DeSantis... What we saw even coming out of for that year, year and a half was if you give these people an inch, they will take a mile. Isn't that exactly what happened? If you give these people an inch, they will take a mile. This was also Governor DeSantis. I don't know. Am I not hearing it? Ah, it's weird because it's playing. That's so weird that it's playing, but it's not playing. That's super strange. DeSantis saying, we we see that they are now not following the science. They are trying to follow a narrative. They are trying to follow an agenda. I could tell you here in Florida, we won't let the dystopian visions of paranoid hypochondriacs control our health policies. Correct. Absolutely correct. But if we were to listen to the absolutely ridiculous fear-mongering freaks like Whoopi Goldberg, like the Yentas at The View, said it, meant it, not apologizing for it, move on, then wouldn't we note that Joe Biden is the biggest culprit when it comes to misinformation, when it comes uh, to, to misleading Americans, when it comes to people saying this isn't serious and you're not serious. First, we remember the other day, you had the Medal of Honor ceremony for a Vietnam veteran and Joe Biden places the medal around his neck And then walks right out. He's walking right out of the room. Photographers looking at him saying, what in the world are you doing? This woman in the third, fourth row is like, did he just leave? He's not done. He walked right out. When the White House was asked why this doddering old man walked right out, and you understand he walked right out because he was thought he was done. He had no idea what was going on. The White House then told us, well, because of COVID, he didn't want to expose anybody else, so he quickly left the room. Nah. No, he didn't. That is what they told us. But that is in no way true. 
A hasty exit did Joe Biden beat to minimize COVID exposure. That's what Corinne Jean-Pierre said. Everyone knows that's bunk. That's garbage. But let's say you wanted proof that it was bunk and it was garbage. How about Joe Biden, president of the United States, the next day walking into a room with reporters and others, not wearing a mask, and he says this. Hello, everybody. Let me explain to the press. I've been tested again today. I'm clear across the board. But they keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something, I got to keep wearing it. But don't tell them I didn't have it on when I walked in. (laughs) First, he doesn't know how many days he has to wear the thing. But he wants to tell you that he doesn't have COVID. And, you know, he's supposed to wear the mask, but he didn't. So, shh, don't tell anybody. Well, now I'll take it seriously. No one takes it seriously. Biden doesn't take it seriously. It's performance art. We see you. We get it. You're full of crap. Doesn't anybody know that what Whoopi Goldberg's doing makes her look like a schmuck? Whoopi, you're a schmuck. Quote me. Put it in the trades. And you're in a room by yourself wearing a mask. You're a schmuck. You're lying to Americans. You're a schmuck. You don't have to be. The, the, the worst part about Whoopi Goldberg engaging in all this and, and everything that she does on The View, do you know what it must have been like for Whoopi Goldberg to fight her way into success? Her story is unbelievable. One woman shows on Broadway. You know how hard a one person show is? Incredible stuff. Revolutionary stuff. She, her story is the stuff of a movie. Her story is incredible. And this is who you become? Some fool who sits in a room by yourself wearing a mask? Did you know that Howard Stern won't leave the house? Now, All the time that Howard Stern's been on the air and talking about germs this and germs that and germs the other. All right, we learned that it's very, very true. He's he's that weird. And and he's a weird guy. I think he admits it. I don't think I'm saying anything, uh, you know, out out of the norm there. He's ridiculous. And then, in addition to the germophobia freak show, he became this ridiculous leftist fool, as I guess happens. Who could be more irreverent than Howard Stern and David Letterman back in the day? And now the two of them are like your grumpy old grandpa who you're desperate not to see at Thanksgiving. And now Stern, he doesn't want to leave the house because of a new strain of COVID, this new variant. He's getting into fights with his wife because of it, because she does want to leave the house. And he doesn't want her to. There's a new variant, so I should just stay home and be a be a prisoner in my own house. Do you know how ridiculous you sound? Do you know how ridiculous you sound?
I mean, you you can live any way you want. You've got the money. If you want to, if you just want to stay in your house, go go right ahead. Um, but dear Lord, don't don't think you can ever lecture to me about anything else. It's a cold, man. And if somebody getting a cold means you want to stay in your house, I'm never going to stop you. But since we know it's a cold, I'm not going to allow the federal government to decide they can force masks on me or my kid or vaccines in people. You get to stay in your house if you choose. You don't get to force vaccines and masks on people. It is important to remember how much we're being lied to. It's important to remember how ridiculous these people are. They are being ridiculous. You want to live in fear? You go live in fear. But nobody should follow you down that road. We should actively resist going down that road. Because that road's crazy town. But when the President of the United States says, hey, I wasn't wearing my mask, don't tell. Hey, my kids aren't going to wear a mask at school, even though they're probably going to get ordered to sometime soon. Don't tell. Hey, I own a business and I'm not going to require people to wear masks or stand six feet apart or close any part of my store. I'm going to be 100% occupied all the time. Don't tell. Man. I think the, the the strangest part is that that the Democrats would do this knowing that it would be a presidential election issue. They somehow believe this is going to work out for them. We've discussed this before. They know this. They know it's going to become an, an issue. They somehow think that they can just keep pushing it and pushing it, and the people who are resisting are just anti-science. I'm going to show video. When I'm running for president, it will be nothing more than Whoopi Goldberg in a mask in a room by herself and the question will be do you want people this ridiculous running the country or do you want to be free vote tony all i know is uh i'm already you know up 32 points in the polls just on that one slogan i'm tony katz what the hell is a shower orange What? I, I, I don't know how I missed this. Do you know what a shower orange is? A shower orange is some social media trend where people were bringing oranges into the shower and eating them. I, it never, never dawned on me to have citrus in the shower outside of what might be in my shampoo. Live your life. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's now part of dictionary.com. They added 566 new terms to the site. And shower orange is uh, one of them. Shower orange is one of these terms. I guess it's something that took place earlier this year on TikTok. Maybe that's why I don't know about it, because it's TikTok. Um, people are weird. And, and, and just so, if we're going to talk about TikTok, just really quick, uh, the little dances is not indicative of talent. 
You may be half naked. You may uh, uh, be doing a sexy little thing. It's not talent. So let's not try and tell ourselves that it is. The vast majority of people who have a following on TikTok are not talented. Now, there are some people who are extremely talented. And I'm not saying that the not talented people aren't making money. I just want to be clear. The dance is ridiculous. It's not talent. Talent is talent. We should say so. We should, we should really, you know, laud that, glorify that. Uh, on, on, on the Twitter Xbox here, uh, Mama Sasha says, who cares if Whoopi Goldberg has a mask on or, or, or not? Whoopi Goldberg was on The View. She's got COVID, so she's staying home in a room by herself. She's wearing a mask while she's on the show. Who cares if she has a mask on or not? It's supposed to be a blanking free country. This doesn't impact either of our lives. I believe lying does impact our lives. And I did not say that she couldn't wear a mask. She can wear a mask. But if you are alone in your room wearing a mask, there's something wrong with you. And we should say that out loud. You're not afraid of COVID. You're not afraid of name the virus or name the bug or name of this. You're just afraid. And you're putting on display your fear and you're asking me not to notice why that's a bad idea. I should immediately turn to my children after that and say, by the way, you know, she's wrong. I mean, she can wear a mask if she wants, but that's really a sign that she's living in fear. You shouldn't live in fear. You should live smart and well and happy and joyous lives. You get COVID, uh, it's going to be like a cold. That's what's going to happen. You could decide you want to live in fear, but that's really not a way to live. Now, if you had a cold and you want to wear a mask outdoors amongst people so you didn't give other people a cold, well, okay. They do that in many cultures across uh, the, the, the globe. By the way, that is something I discussed early on in the COVID world. People are going to start wearing masks on the regular. That's fine. But she's not wearing it for health reasons. She's wearing it for posturing reasons and fear reasons. I should notice this, and I should look at her and say she's a schmuck. It's not a question of it being a free country. She can do it. I'm not making that argument. But shouldn't I notice what she's doing? And shouldn't in a free country I say, hey, that's weird. Um, that person is not somebody people should model their lives after. I say the same thing uh, about people who are drug users. It doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't impact my life. But I notice it. I'm like, hey, let's not be like them. I see how Maisie Hirono, the senator from Hawaii, votes. Hey, let's not be like her. By the way, just a quick Hawaii question. We ever going to find out how many children were killed in those fires? We're just going to pretend this isn't happening? We're talking about it right now in the chat room at TonyCats.com. We gonna, we just gonna pretend that a fire happened and and uh, this this thing happened and now it's over. Now we won't talk about it. Roads were barricaded, sirens didn't go off, water wasn't delivered, uh, presented to to firefighters on time. Issues with the electric company. We're just going to blame it on global warming and stop counting the dead? Hey, that's weird. I'm Tony Katz.
Elon Musk is not an anti-Semite. I don't think Elon Musk is a conservative, per se. I think Elon Musk could probably um, say some things that would offend or annoy. It's probably true of everybody. But anti-Semite, no. Because things are allowed on the X platform, doesn't make someone an anti-Semite. And Jonathan Greenblatt, who heads up the Amer- the uh, Anti-Defamation League, is wrong. And Jonathan Greenblatt is a political creature anyway. And it's time for Jonathan Greenblatt to go. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. This conversation regarding the Anti-Defamation League, whose, whose mission is to combat uh, anti-Semitism, a mission I, I have no issue with, of course. Um, this conversation... It, being discussed by me, I don't claim a level of expertise because I'm Jewish. I always think that's weird. Oh, something happened regarding anti-Semitism. What do you think? Well, what what do you want me to say? Recognizing its existence? Yes, it exists. Does it exist everywhere? No. Is everything proof of anti-Semitism? No. That's the kind of intersectionality that exists amongst the uh, Black Lives Matter kind of group, the DEI people. They're the ones who believe that everything at all times, everywhere, is about race. Everything, everywhere, uh, all at once. Uh, not, 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 Not the movie, which was fantastic, by the way. It's all about race. Every last bit of it is about race. And anybody who says it's not about race, well, that's just uh, proof of their white fragility. That's, that's not me. Anti-Semitism exists. Representative Ilhan Omar is an anti-Semite. Congressman Andre Carson of the, Indian, of the Indiana 7th District, representing Indianapolis, supports Louis Farrakhan. That's anti-Semitism. You, you aren't willing to vote for a resolution that says Israel should exist. Uh, you, you are what you are. And I, I mean, you understand uh, Indianapolis is my home. What, what do I care? Uh, the, the, the facts are the facts. that the Indianapolis votes for this guy and that Democrats defend this bigot beyond my understanding, beyond my comprehension. And yet they go out there and tell me how good and decent they are. Um, Jonathan Greenblatt, has taken a wrong approach here regarding Twitter, uh, I should say X, and what they allow on the platform. Because you can argue that the platform does allow people to say things you find disgusting. That's true. But it's not something that Elon Musk is proactively inviting The argument being made by the ADL, the argument being made by Greenblatt, is that somehow X is inviting this, trying to build upon this. And yes, Greenblatt and the ADL have certainly tried to maneuver people into not being sponsors. Now, what Musk is saying is that Greenblatt um, interfering has prompted a 60% drop in advertising because of what it is, he said. The Anti-Defamation League and their interference 
claiming that either Musk is an anti-Semite or the platform is anti-Semitic has cost them 60% of their advertisers. And now Musk is looking to sue the Anti-Defamation League for defamation. We, 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 we live in the strangest timeline. That much is for sure. The Anti-Defamation League wants to be political when that's absolutely not the move. The Anti-Defamation League should be in the business of saying, hey, that's an issue. Not inventing issues and certainly not even engaging the idea that they're pushing people on issues. This was a conversation that took place. It's, it's in clips. On uh, CNBC uh, with Greenblatt and a CNBC anchor. Brands are big boys and girls. They will make their own decisions. I mean, let's be clear here. Like this is the wealthiest man in the world running one of the most powerful media platforms on the planet. We're a nonprofit here in New York. With all due respect, you've got backing. You've got strength. It's a strong organization with what I believe is the wrong leader. You're not just some run-of-the-mill charity. You're not. And to say otherwise is, 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 just, is just wrong. But it goes on. So I think figuring out like who has the power in this relationship, it's pretty clear to me. Fundamentally believe that Elon Musk is anti-Semitic? I have never said Elon Musk is anti-Semitic. I've been on this show and said that I didn't think it was anti-Semitic. And I don't think Twitter as a platform is anti-Semitic. And as we've said here, hate speech is the price of free speech. But. Allow me to be clear. There's no but. And, and I don't believe in hate speech. I don't use that terminology, but I'll, I'll, I'll take Greenblatt's line here. Hate speech is the price of free speech. Well, that would be full stop. Or hate speech is the price of free speech, and that trade-off is acceptable. I often discuss the fact that free speech doesn't exist for the people that you love or the speech that you love. It exists for the people in speech that you hate. It exists for people who disagree with you and hate you and despise you. Because if they're speaking, I get to speak as well. And then I can counter how despicable and how awful and how unworthy they are as, uh, as peoples and, 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 and they're how worthless their ideas are. That's rational. There is no but in that statement. Here, hate speech is the price of free speech. But let's acknowledge that when Elon Musk and the platform bring people, hardened anti-Semites back on, when they validate their rantings, when they algorithmically amplify them and allow it to spread. How? I have no proof that it is being algorithmically, algorithmically, that they're using their algorithm to amplify those voices. There you go, Tony. See, look at that. There's always a way. Um, I have no proof of this. But what he just said was counter to what he just said. Hate speech is the price of free speech. But you can't allow this speech on your platform. He's, he's wrong. He's certainly wrong on that. How out there are you? 
publicly and behind the scenes talking to advertisers and telling them do not advertise on this platform. Are you doing that? We are not out there publicly or privately talking to advertisers. Frankly, it's true. We did call for a pause back in November right. after the acquisition. And then since then, since that initial statement, what we are doing is engaging with the management of the company, trying to help them make it better. Uh, question. I don't think you know anything about Twitter or about X. I don't think you know anything about it. I, I don't know what, what background that you have. We aren't actively going after advertisers, but we did at one time actively go after advertisers. I mean, these are his words. Now, you could argue, Tony, it's all selectively edited. Well, if you want to go down that road, I'm willing. Let's make sure. But he's not done. Because I sure. know this has been a critique of, 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 of your organization and, is, and of many. Were you seeking to have some kind of either role at Twitter or any kind of uh, donations made or other things? No. I only say that because there have been folks who've looked at these situations and felt that they were being sh- you know, shaken down. Look, I think, l- l- let me be honest about that, right? I think it is a sort of anti-Semitic trope to suggest when Jewish people express uh, a degree of outrage over anti-Semitism, that somehow that's a shakedown because Jews are greedy. That sounds and I, to me... I'm, and I, and look, I'm not I'm saying Jewish, so you I'm believe not, I'm not even that. trying to. I, I'm just saying that that is the... Occasionally look, you hear the critique uh, among uh, not-for-profits in certain cases that are involved in certain causes that talk to companies and they you you hear it from from, from leaders who say i feel like i hear that so what we've tried now let me be perfectly clear here uh it is not wrong that if somebody uh were to say if you got a check would you have these issues Jesse Jackson is the master of the shakedown. By the way, great book, Shakedown, about Jesse Jackson. Al Sharpton, the master of the shakedown. Patrice Cullors and the Black Lives Matter organization, they are the latest masters of the shakedown. And look who they got to shake down, major corporations. Here's a check. Please don't, please don't have anybody yell at us uh, post-George uh, Floyd. Here's a check. Please like us. Please tell us we're not racist. Here, we'll buy our freedom. We saw this again and again and again. Prove you're not an anti-Semite. Here you go. That's not anti-Semitic trope to ask whether or not you're, 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 you're trying to get a little something for yourself. It wasn't anti-Semitic when I said it about Jesse Jackson. It wasn't anti-Semitic when I said it about Al Sharpton. It wasn't anti-Semitic when I said it about Patrice Cullors. Neither was it racist. It was just fact. In each case, they used their story, their group, their organization as a way of applying pressure. Of course, the ADL could do that. Of course, any group could do that. It doesn't make the question uh, and one that, that is proof of an anti-Semitic trope. That's garbage. It is. It's gross. Tried to do over the years with Twitter, with YouTube with Facebook and all of its platforms, with Reddit, with Discord, I could go on and on, is to work with them to make those platforms He wants to work with them to make the platform better. You don't know how to make a platform better. Your value in in making a platform better is um, 
not uh, 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 allowing certain people to speak. That can't make a platform better. It is not that that Jonathan Greenblatt and I would have a disagreement in finding some uh, level of speech disgusting. Somebody's commentary gross and bigoted. But I, Tony Katz, am saying that it shouldn't be off the platform. You either believe in these things or you don't. You don't believe in it till it suddenly becomes very, very hard. And then like, oh, that's too difficult. I don't really believe that. Did I say I believe that? I was only kidding. Which is me doing my very closest John Mulvaney um, uh, impression right there. You believe something because it has a, it has a fundamental basis. It is true. I believe in free speech right up until the moment someone calls me fat. Then I'm not so sure. It's not how this works. Uh, Jonathan Greenblatt has stepped in it. Has stepped in it in a huge, huge way. I had noted that um, I'm not the only person who's bringing this up regarding uh, the Anti-Defamation League and, and, and Jonathan Greenblatt. I noticed that it was also being brought up by a, 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 a host of other... I'm going to use the term prominent Jews, but I don't think I'm considered a prominent Jew, but neither here nor there. And, and one of those people was, was Ben Shapiro... And uh, how if you're an advertiser or looking at platforms to advertise on, you probably should be looking at free speech platforms like X. Otherwise, X will revert back to type and it's going to do the same kind of crap that Facebook and YouTube have done in censoring material. This is, of course, the argument. I, I followed up on that um, on, on X by saying at this point, the ADL has to start asking itself whether Jonathan Greenblatt is the right guy for the job. And as I told my radio audience today, he is not. He is a political guy clearly on the left and is not the guy for this job because when you decide to engage the intersectionality route, the seriousness of the conversation becomes ignored. It becomes irrelevant, and the seriousness of anti-Semitism should not be ignored. It should not be irrelevant. He's no longer the guy for the job. Maybe he was never the guy for the job. He should be out. But we should be people who are supportive of not only free speech, but of the platforms that provide them. The platforms that provide them and the content creators that provide them on on that platform. As I take a look at some of the other things that I've been building on and, and, and working on, there's been conversations about talk show again that, you know, outside of what I do on radio, the question has been asked to me by people who are interested in being a part of this. Why not just put it all on X? Why not put it all on Twitter? That's it. Just that's the only place you can see it. See the content, make that the spot because people want to be supportive of people who are pushing the opportunity for people to speak, support the people who are supporting that opportunity. This pushes me in that direction. There'll be plenty of things Elon Musk and I disagree about. Plenty of things you and Elon Musk disagree about. But let's not 
be people who invent a thing to be angry about. The ADL has screwed the pooch here. They didn't have to. Because fundamentally, and you heard him say it, there is no but when we're talking about free speech. We're not talking about uh, saying we should go hurt so-and-so or someone saying let's do this to so-and-so. We're not talking about doxing. Ugly people are going to say ugly things. And that's the price you pay in a free society, and I accept the price. I think we all should. I'm Tony Katz. So truckers are starting to warn that, you know, the EPA has got these new emission standards every day. There's another emission standards and they're focused on heavy duty engines. Well, if we are really to follow this as the left pushes for green, green, green at any cost. Well, how do the trucking companies that are small trucking companies like 10 or fewer trucks? How in the world are they going to be able to comply? They're going to have to chain swap out uh, every engine, have to get all green uh, fleets? How do they afford to do that? And if they can't afford to do it, how does the food get from point A to point B? Is anybody going to discuss what happens when your ideological fantasy affects the food supply at your local supermarket? Because that's what's coming. This is Tony Katz today. Today.